0: Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Welcome to Salt and Light. I am joined by my other assistant pastor, Terry TV Paw. here today. Brother Terry, uh, glad you're on the program today. How you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm glad I can be here today. Yeah, well, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be part of Salt and Light. It's been a little while since we've had you on the broadcast. Yeah. It seems like uh, the last uh, half a dozen times I've asked you to join me, it's been on a Thursday where you had the Jolly Seniors ministry at the church, and you, you had to you had to reject me and shoot me down and say, no, I got something else going. And really, to my shame, it's like I should have known that. But uh, sometimes I got two different, your calendar and my calendar, and I have a difficult time just keeping track of mine. <laughs> well, if I put those jolly seniors off,
1: they won't be jolly anymore. They will
0: not. Uh, yeah, the jollies will not be jolly. But uh, anyhow, it's good to be here on Salt and Light. We appreciate all of you listeners tuning in. And uh, as I've already said, it is a joy to be with you here today. Now Brother Terry, I know it's been a while back, and, and we're going to be talking about faithfulness mm-hmm. here today. Let me go ahead and start with our Bible verse here. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter number four and verse number one, the Apostle Paul says, "Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards, that a man be found faithful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Brother Terry, I'm not uh, I'm not trying to blow smoke at you or anything, but when I think of the word faithfulness, uh, you come to mind. I think about, uh, I've been here at Temple Baptist and here in Statesville for going on 16 years now. When I got here at Temple, um, you had already been part of Temple, a faithful part of Temple Baptist Church for, uh, what, 30? I mean, all the way back to the early 70s? I think... Um, Yes, sir. Uh, all,
1: all the way back to, to then, uh, I, I have to sit down and run some things through my mind to get the time frame exactly right. But I've been
0: there for a good while. Yeah, we're so. getting ready to celebrate our church's 60th anniversary next year. And I know that all but maybe, what, uh, five or six of those years, you've been part of Temple Baptist. Is that correct?
1: Well, um, that sounds right. I know this. The only thing I can tie down for sure right this moment is that the new building, the building we're in now, was already built. And we Mm -hmm. were in the
0: building when Carol and I started coming But but they hadn't been in the building for very long. I I don't think they had, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was 1972, So. so... we're certainly looking at uh, around 50 years that you've been a faithful part of Temple Baptist Church. I know you've served in many different capacities. I, I happen to know a little bit about uh, your past ministerial experience. You served as a teen leader for uh, just a volunteer uh, lay leader for right. many, many years. Um, I know you also taught over at Southview Christian School. I believe you taught math. Was that uh, uh, well, I uh, started out teaching an algebra
1: class and uh, also a little political science uh, and then a little history, just kind of beginning to fill in a few classes if, as need be, but um Uh, basically they kept me in the math area, and that was fine with me.
0: Well, I know as I'm uh, talking to people in the community and uh, they find out that I'm pastor of Temple Mm -hmm. Baptist Church, they'll say, oh, yeah, I know know Mr. TV Paw. He taught me in such and such grade. He taught my math class, and so I know there are a lot of people in the community who know who you are, whether they be former students or just people that you have ministered to uh, faithfully, over all of these years. Now, when we think about the word faithfulness, uh, p- the Apostle Paul's talking about ministers being faithful, but Correct. Before, before we even get into the faithfulness of ministers or our faithfulness, humanly speaking, I'd like to talk a little bit about the faithfulness of God, because without God's faithfulness, There's no way that we can be faithful. Yes. And so I know it seems like it's been um, a number of months back. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I know that you shared a little bit of your salvation testimony here to our Salt and Light listeners. But we're at a different time slot now. We may have some different listeners. And so just could you take a few minutes here and uh, just to brag on God's faithfulness on how, first of all, how you came to be a Christian, how you got born again. Well, I, I grew
1: up in church. Um, Mom and dad had, uh, had me in church shortly after I was born. It was in the nursery. and, and so, um, But I came up in a church setting. Um, but um, I wasn't saved until I was 24 years of age. At that time, I'd been married for four years. And God had to work through various ways to bring the gospel to me. Um, and when I was finishing my schooling at UNC Charlotte, my wife and I had been married, uh, and um, we had uh, moved there. And I worked various part-time jobs, and mostly that was at night as I was going to um, Going to um, uh, school and all during the day and all, I'd be coming home. I'd be flipping through the radio ch- channel and and uh, looking for my favorite rock station, and uh, and Christian radio was rare then, very rare. Mm-hmm. If you heard any, it was plugged in in the middle of the night. Yeah, and I would hit something and I'd hear somebody speaking and it'd catch my interest, uh, biblically speaking. And we would pull into the, I'd pull into our apartment and um, I would sit there and listen to it till it finished. And so that was the beginning of the planting of the seed. Mm-hmm. Then God worked through other avenues. I remember finding gos- uh, uh, Gospel Hour, Oliver B. Green tracks and reading those. The one that really grabbed a home m- of me was the one that said, Millions Missing on the front. And that, um, I thought, what in the world is that? all about and that was my introduction to the rapture.
0: I wonder how many people in this region and and I know it's a pretty large region. When I moved here uh, for the first time back in the 80s and then when I got right with the Lord in the mid 80s in the Asheville area, I think Oliver B Green was from Greenville, South he Carolina, was. just a, a little over an hour away from Asheville and so Uh, I wonder how many people in this region came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior through the ministry of Oliver B. Green. I mean, his tracks were incredible. His radio broadcast was incredible. Uh, Every now and then I'll hear a rerun, kind of one of those echoes from glory. He's in heaven now, Mm -hmm. but uh, wow, what a great man of God. I don't know if you knew this or not, but
1: my mom was actually saved at an Oliver Green tent meeting here in State.
0: It seems like that I, I had heard that. And that's, that's an amazing thing we're, I want to talk about your mama here later on in the bro- program. We're talking my about mama. faithfulness. You
1: talk about my mama. Yeah. We want to talk about your mama.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't get violent with me, brother. It's, it's all good. <laughs> so anyhow, you were saying you, um, you'd listen to the gospel on the radio, uh, the ministry of Oliver B. Green. Well, um,
1: as um, I began to hear more and more enough to be saved, I was driving home from work one day, and um, God worked in uh, worked in my life to show me I needed to be saved. And in my car, I just uh, uh, said, "Jesus, I know I'm lost. I believe You died for me, sorry for my sins. Please forgive me and save me. And right now, as best I know how, I'm trusting You to save me and take me to heaven." Wow!
0: In your car, simple mm-hmm. prayer simple gospel message. Folks, that's all it takes. It all all it takes. You can be saved today. Stay tuned. We'll have more of this after. (music) Welcome back. We are joined here by Brother Terry TV Paw, assistant pastor at Temple Baptist Church. Uh, just before the break, Brother Terry finished up telling the brief just uh, highlights of him coming to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. If you missed out on that, I would encourage you to go on the radio uh, website and listen to that. <coughs> Didn't tell all the details, but boy, what a what a sweet story of uh, a man here. You're listening to it on the radio late at night in your car. And, uh, you, you know, I, I think what is really interesting to me, Brother Terry, is that you... For the most part, you grew up in church, and it wasn't until your mid-20s that you really recognized that you hadn't received the gospel. Now Mm -hmm. I I, I don't want to be critical, folks, but it is sad that many churches in our community and really all over the the nation here have the gospel, but they don't really preach the gospel Mm -hmm. anymore. It's kind of a religious social club. And uh, somehow the gospel of Jesus Christ gets lost in all of the kind of do-good rhetoric. And I'm all for good deeds and humanitarian aid. And I'm all for uh, social the social benefit of Christianity. We have some great fellowship. But sadly, uh, you know, I don't believe that a church could should be called a church if they're not preaching the gospel. If they're not making it clear to the listeners how to be born again, I, I think that that's a, that's a travesty. And uh, and once again, not being critical, Brother Terry, and I certainly don't want you to even name the church that you grew up in, but I I think it's important that our listeners recognize that just because you're part of a quote-unquote Christian church doesn't mean that you're a Christian. You have to be born again. That's right. And so God worked in your heart. He he convicted you, and you recognized that you were lost and you needed to be saved, and Praise the Lord, you got saved right there in in your car. Yes, I did. And so then uh, I thought about what the Apostle Paul said. Also, he said that God uh, counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And so we've talked about your salvation testimony. How did you end up in ministry after you got saved? Just give us a little bit about that story.
1: Okay, well, let me say this first. A lot of me missing out on what was maybe being presented at the church I was in could have been to my thickness, my interest in other things. There could have been a lot of things there that would have clued me in that just right over my that's head true. that's so, true um, so not
0: but, fair to be critical sometimes I'll, it's I'll not take a the,
1: good portion of the blame <laughs> it, it's
0: kind of like the you know a lot of doctors get a bad rap you yeah. know they, they didn't help me and the doctor on his side of the equation it's like you didn't do what I told you to do <laughs> but the
1: way again God working in my life in the background so to speak I begin still to be uh, influenced as I was spo- exposed to different things, and I've worked many jobs throughout my life. I started working at an insurance company, and there was a young man that was same, my same age, and we worked at an insurance where we had to collect the debit, so we'd come in the office regularly to turn in money and different things like that, and then also we were supposed to sell insurance as well. He was a member at Temple Baptist Church, He'd come in morning, Monday morning, always excited, talking about uh, what they had heard—a special speaker—and he was excited about Jesus. And I got excited hearing him get excited. <laughs> and so he would—he um, uh, would invite me to different things. Uh-huh. And so I, I began to go to a few things. And and uh, my wife was taking note of that, and and she uh, told me <laughs> she. <laughs> got a little at me one time because I was going off to one of the meetings and she looked at me and she said, uh, well, I'll tell you this, I'll never be a Baptist. <laughs> she came to one of the special meetings um, and um, um, I, the preacher's name escapes me. A lost preacher saved was kind of his stick and all but um Isn't that carl uh, Wood- woodbury is it woodbury? that sounds right carl okay. woodbury yeah. but uh, wrote a track th- on that, that that's how how he did so she came that night uh on the services my middle daughter was about three or four months old at the time he sat right there in the middle section two pews back from the front he preached she looked at me tossed the baby over to me and said i got to go forward and get saved. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, this was just a couple days away from the weekend. And so she went forward. She got saved. And um, uh, less than two weeks later, we were backing out of our parking spot at the church that uh, we had been attending. And she looked at me and she said, we are going to have to get out, aren't we? And within two weeks of that, we were at Temple. And Mm -hmm. we've been
0: there ever since. Ever since. Amen. And so um, that was back in the early to mid-70s? Yeah, let's
1: see. Um, This was my middle. I had been going some with Wayne. uh, uh, Wayne Miller, a faithful member there. And so um, I'm not sure when I first showed up at the church, but... um, um, I'm trying to make make sure I got this right now. I believe my middle daughter was born in seventy-five. Okay. So it would have been somewhere um, in that area.
0: In the mid seventies. Yeah. So what was so, your first ministry? What was the first thing that you did serving or ministering at Temple Baptist?
1: Well, um, as we as we were there for a while and we were faithful and attending and everything. I was approached by one of the leaders and that was working with the young people. And they asked, would you like to be involved uh, helping with the young people? And I said, well, I think we would. So we got involved in that. And uh, uh, that's how we, how we began. Then as our uh, two daughters uh, reached the age where they could be involved in the programs and all, they became part of that. And so over the next several years, uh, we worked as volunteer workers there uh in the in the church uh, in the, involved with the youth and so um when it came uh, uh time that uh, the one that was there on staff doing that was going to retire and a pastor asked me if I'd be interested in uh helping their church and on the staff and I told him yes I would so we just kind of worked our way into that,
0: and um, it just um, uh, went from there. Okay, <laughs> and then just uh, kept expanding, and more and more opportunities. Yes, you know, you're talking about youth work. I am. Uh, I'm a little bit younger than you, brother, but uh, I am. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I've got a few years that I'm approaching sixty, and. The other day I was uh, after church I think it was a Sunday night <laughs> might have been a Wednesday night that our teenagers were out in the parking lot we've got a basketball mm-hmm. goal out mm-hmm. there and so they're out there and uh, one of the a couple of young adults were out there playing basketball with the teenagers and I said to brother Max, I said, you know I feel like I should be out there shooting hoops with them but <laughs> I said, to be honest with you, I just don't have it in me anymore. <laughs> he said, I understand. He said, I feel like yeah. that ship's gone, <laughs> left the harbor for me as well. You just look at, you know, you, you get older and you lose the energy that you that really that young people need, you know, in a leader, somebody that's actively part of what they're doing and so forth. And that's always been when I ministered to youth, I just got in there, rolled up my sleeves and played with them and, and uh, kind of just did the same things that they did. And uh, you know we get older, and we just can't do all the same things that we used to do. <laughs> but uh, that's just part of life, right? I can say amen to that from experience. <laughs> yeah, and and yet sometimes we got to be careful. I don't want to be one of these preachers that, as I get old, that I lose touch. You know, I can't participate with the same things, but I can still interact and be a friend to the young people. And yes. that's why I i know I try to, to um, cultivate that relationship even with uh, the two or three-year-olds in the church mm-hmm. and just to be part of their life and make sure that they know that the preacher um, cares about them and takes an interest in them. Because one of these days they're going to be teens and then yeah. after that they're going to be young married and then they're going to be having young'uns. And so we just want to make sure that they know that uh, that we love them and yes. uh, that, that we're representing God and that helps them to uh, not only understand but also to feel that God loves them. Amen. It's easy to say, tell people that you love them. It's a whole different thing to demonstrate. Well, I I want to say just publicly to all of our listeners how much I appreciate your faithfulness. Uh, I I brag on you all the time. I talk to other people. I've got friends, preacher friends, all over the country, and just uh, sometimes I'll talk about the longevity of the ministers at Temple Baptist Church. Of course founding pastors, Brother Lonnie Wilson and Brother Mac Pennell, they um, they started the church back in the mid-60s, and uh, God was faithful through all of that. They made huge sacrifices, and, uh, and uh, just they were faithful. And uh, Brother Mac uh, retired after 38 years uh, because of his health. Brother Wilson retired after 44 years, and uh, I know the first five, uh, five to ten years of being at Temple Baptist Church, then Brother Wilson was part of the congregation as well as Brother Pennell. And uh, it was a joy. It was a little intimidating, to be honest with you, to uh, have two men of the, the, that caliber. In my first—I I served as an assistant for uh, over 13 years in a large ministry, but then being the pastor and having two guys like that— I used to tell Brother Wilson, I would say, I I bet this is just horrible for you, turning over your church to a guy (laughs) like me. I mean, that's that's good. And he he was always so supportive, so complimentary, and and I believe that he was sincere about it. But I certainly could have uh, compassion on your life labor, how that, uh, you know, to turn that over to someone else, that had to have been— a prayerful thing for him but just the, their faithfulness you and brother james childress being part of temple baptist church you know this is not normal in ministry there you know usually there's churches all around us that they go through a new pastor every year and a half two mm-hmm. years and then even if they have it a, a, you know if they have a good relationship with a pastor five years and that pastor is moving on And I know that there's the, on the other side of that equation, there are some pastors that they should have retired and, you know, maybe they stay too long. But, um, you know, I think that it's a bigger problem with pastors not staying long enough than it is pastors staying too long. And so I appreciate uh, your faithfulness, your tenure and longevity. And after the break, I want to talk a little bit more about god's faithfulness the topic of faithfulness in general we've been talking about what god's been doing in our life but we want to talk to our listeners about what god wants to do in their life and so listeners stay tuned we're going to try to give you some help from the word of god and uh, we'll be back here in a few minutes Welcome back. We've been talking about uh, just God's faithfulness in ministry, joined by Brother Terry TV-Paw. We've talked about God's faithfulness in saving him, a little bit of mm-hmm. his salvation testimony, a little bit about his ministerial experience and how God put him into ministry and uh, brought him to Temple Baptist Church. and back in what I call, just in listening to people f- from the past, what I call the old guard, uh, back in the glory days, where, um, you know, this area here in Statesville, there were half a dozen churches um, that really believed this Bible right here that, yeah. that I've got in front of me. And uh, they were Indian. they were knocking on doors, winning souls to Christ. And there was a good, you know, back in the 70s and early 80s, there was a real move of God here in Statesville. And I know sadly a lot of those churches have, um, have dwindled over the years. And uh, we see some of, the, some of the churches in our area that have very much, and uh, not trying to be critical, they went liberal and incorporated a lot of worldly methods and just lowered their standard. And basically, their standards of Christian living are based on our culture, not on the Word of God. And because of that, they're drawing crowds, they're drawing young people, Their youth groups busting out of the seams. But it makes me wonder, other than maybe the gospel message, are they getting what they need? And if, if God's presence isn't there, if there's not that power of God to bring holiness into our life, then I know that something's certainly missing. And so having said all of that, uh, I want to talk about God's faithfulness, Brother Terry. Now, uh, it seems mm-hmm. like every verse that I've quoted so far on faithfulness has come from the apostle paul and here's another one right here first corinthians 10 verse number 13 this has a practical lesson but <clears throat> i'm going to draw a phrase out of this so first corinthians 10 13 says there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but god is faithful this is a memory verse you ought to you ought to have this one memorized but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now that's a verse to hide in your heart, uh, like Psalm 119 verse 11 says, that you might not sin against God, because sometimes we go through some trials and temptations in life, and we think that nobody's went through this before, but God says that our temptations, our trials are common to man. There may be difference in the specifics, but it's common. Uh, we all go through tough times. Regardless of what we're going through, Paul made that statement by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that God is faithful. Yes. Brother Terry, I, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the faithfulness of God. We all have a story of how God brought us to where we are today, but uh, I tell you, our listeners need to know about the faithfulness of God. And so talk about the faithfulness of God.
1: Well, um, we've um, in our lives now, we've seen God work in a lot of ways to um, to be faithful to us. Um, When you told me the topic would be talking about, I looked up some of the verses, some of the ones you've already uh, already read there. But um, when you hear about the faithfulness of God, um, in other people's lives, maybe some you've read a biography or something, or maybe it's someone you'd actually is actually current in your time and all. That's encouraging mm-hmm. But when you see God do things in your life, mm. then that makes it that much more real. And so uh, just following the steps that we've already shared how God saved me, how he worked in our lives, how he brought me and my family to where we're at now, what he's allowed us to be a part of uh, all this time, uh, I attribute that to God just doing what he said he would do, that he would be faithful if we just trust him, uh, that he would be faithful. And he's proven himself to be true. and and. Really, when you get further along in life and you can look back over more time where you've been a child of God, then you see you see how far he has brought you, how far, uh, how many steps he's helped you make that were along the way he wanted you to go. Mm-hmm. And so I found that very encouraging in my life, but I know we want to encourage others to be faithful. Um, Could I just give you a quick uh, a couple bullet points that I got when I was looking over this. Absolutely. Um, I found out as I was looking at some of these and I won't since you've shared some of the scriptures. uh, First thing I did is I went to Webster and looked up faithful and of course he gives his first definition is a uh, is a Bible definition and um, that um, he says that a person who's faithful is one who is um, um, dutiful in the rules of religion. Now, that can have a very negative context, but Mm -hmm. in other words, he's faithful to the things that God has shown him. And so, um, like you read and said, uh, uh, the Bible does say, you've given the scriptures that God is faithful. But then the other three things that God impressed on me as we were preparing for this is that God is faithful, but since we are created in the image of God, and one of my key verses I like on that is that Genesis 127 where it says, so uh, God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Uh, <clears throat> it's clear That if God is our creator and God is faithful, he expects his creation to be faithful. Mm -hmm. He looks at me and he has told me that I am to be faithful. So since we as children of God are the stewards of God's truth, I find this next reference very applicable. 1 Corinthians 4, 1, Let a man so count a, of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I think you've already shared that. As ever man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As his children, we've been pushed, we've been put in the role of stewardship Mm -hmm. of what God has done for us. And we are challenged, we are commanded to be faithful in our obligation that we have to others uh, because of what God uh, has done for us. And when you come right down to it, we talk about the judgment seat of Christ and what takes place there. Uh, to the way I see it and interpret that, the Judgment seat of Christ, which is a judgment for believers, is a judgment in response to our faithfulness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those that have done and what God's commanded, those that have been faithful, they'll be rewarded. Those that have not been faithful in what God has expected of His children, Bible says they'll suffer loss, mm-hmm. yet they themselves shall be saved. It's not a matter of doing this for your salvation, to get it or to keep it, but it's a matter of just doing what God has told us is our responsibility yeah, to do.
0: A lot of people misunderstand that and folks we're we're talking about being faithful, but it's not our faithfulness mm-hmm. that's gonna get us to heaven. It's the faithfulness of God's Son, Jesus Christ. So salvation, Jesus took care of that, but because of that salvation, because right. of God's faithfulness, He has the right to expect us to be faithful. yes because he's the one that is enabling us to be faithful. His It's not an unrealistic expectation. It's a very realistic expectation. because he's faithful, then we too ought to be faithful. Yeah. I heard a preacher use a football analogy years ago. He said much of the Christian life, most of it is lived between the 20-yard lines. You know, we watch mm. the, the, the highlights, the, you know, the, the touchdowns and the, all of the, the big things that happen in the game. But what people don't realize is that for every one of those highlights, the reason that they celebrate and get all excited is because there have been literally... 500 little things that have been going on that no one's paying attention to. The camera's not drawn attention to it. The practice that took place, the pain, the suffering, the conditioning, the the repetition. I mean, repetition of practice until it's just, you know, we play a game and we have fun. Those athletes out there on the field, it's not always fun to them. It's just work, work, work. And so because of everything that goes on between the 20-yard lines, everything that goes on behind the scenes, then they rejoice at the highlights. But to us as as observers, all we see is the highlight reels. We're just waiting for that big play. That's something that we can stand up and cheer about, but most of it is between the 20-yard lines. And it's the same thing in life. It's particularly the same in the Christian life. Most of it is between the 20-yard lines, and what God is looking at, he's valuing something very different. You know the the modern church, the mega church movement. People value results and very pragmatic in their approach. That hey, if we're growing and if we're quote unquote reaching people, then it must be of God. Well, listen, you can you can win, you can reach people through all kinds of methods. You've got corporations and organizations that God's nowhere near that get results, that get a following that get a crowd, that get money and all of those things, you can have results without having God's blessings. If we want God's blessings, it's going to come through faithfulness. That's what he values. And I believe that we ought to value what God values. We've got another minute and a half before the break, Brother Terry. Anything you want to say before the break?
1: Well, as I've expressed the thoughts that I just did, it's challenged me to see to look at myself more and I ask myself, am I where God would have me to be? Am I doing what God would have me to do in, in any, any area? Like how I raise my children, my faithfulness to church, my faithfulness to service, uh, just looking at, Lord, show me exactly where you'd have me to be and what you would have me to do
0: and help me to be faithful to do it. Sounds to me like you feel the same way that I feel, and I know everybody that I talk to, even faithful servants of Christ, we never feel like we're doing enough. And that's why we brag on God's faithfulness. Even the most faithful preacher, the most faithful Christian that I've ever met, that I've ever talked to, they all feel we we all feel like that we're just failing. We feel like we're never living up to where we ought to be, and that's because God is the one that's faithful. It's not us. We're not, we, if we're faithful for an entire lifetime, we have nothing to brag on as far as ourselves. We only have God to brag on. We can brag Amen. on Jesus Christ, and you talk about faithfulness. Jesus was faithful unto death. And he went to the cross of Calvary for our sins. Well, we've got one segment left. Folks, stay tuned. We're going to talk about your mama next segment. So, folks. Folks, we were talking about faithfulness. Uh, Brother Terry TV Paw. Uh, has been part of the broadcast here today. There are so many aspects of faithfulness, Brother Terry. First of all, uh, we're supposed to be faithful to God. God should be first in our life because God's been faithful to us. Uh, We should be faithful to the Bible. I think that's a very important Mm -hmm. part of the Christian life. We we have a book here that we should have confidence and trust in. It's not just a religious book that uh, the preacher preaches from. Every born-again Christian should be in the Word of God, know what it says, apply it. We should be looking for it uh, to guide us and to be yes. our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. That's the real Christian life right there. So, yeah, we should be faithful to the Word of God. We should be faithful to our families. We should be faithful to our church. We should be faithful to our families. And uh, when you think about families, you you mentioned about Miss Carol uh, getting saved uh, writer, now I can't remember. You got saved, and then she got saved yes. at Temple just mm-hmm. shortly after yes. you did, and then. Uh, but you've been married to Miss Carol now for uh, how long? Um, oh, that's not fair! <laughs> I put you on the spot. <laughs> A well, long time, right? Uh,
1: yes, long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you in just a little bit. I threw you a curveball. My mind just, just went blank there. Um, it will be... 54 years in another week praise the lord 54 That's... years now honey i did
0: get that right didn't i <laughs> yeah hopefully well if not you'll hear about it <laughs> i uh, will miss carol is a blessing we appreciate her you know talk about faithfulness she's been faithful too uh, yes i know so often uh, as you know you being an assistant pastor i i joke about this from the pulpit sometimes we will uh, the assistant pastors wives when we celebrate their birthday will we will give them a little something from the church and I always say we appreciate you putting up with the men that put up with me <laughs> and, and I and, you know that's not I'm not just joking I mean that oh there's a lot of truth I, there is a lot of truth uh, you you and brother max put up with me and then your wives put up with you and so uh, they're a valuable part of our ministry, and we appreciate uh, uh, our, these our wives' faithfulness to the Lord and to us. And you know, you have always inspired me, Brother Terry, in your faithfulness to your family, your burden uh, for your family. You, you demonstrate a care for your children, for your grandchildren. If any of your children or grandchildren are watching the broadcast, maybe they'll tune in and watch it live stream later on. Um listen, he, Brother Terry is always mentioning you in our prayer meetings and sometimes with tears in his eyes, and uh, you have a burden for your family. It's not just a checklist. You pray for them. You ask us to pray for them, and that inspires me, and I appreciate that faithfulness. And uh, so you've got children that are serving the Lord, and yes. I believe their faithfulness is because of your faithfulness, which we can trace all the week. I believe that your mom's faithfulness has something to do with that. Yes, we trace it all the way back to God. And so um, anyhow, before we talk about your mama, <laughs> uh, anything that you'd like to say about uh, faithfulness, your family, uh, our listeners being faithful to family, what would you say to them here to this this morning?
1: Well, uh, there's always bumps in the road. Uh, when you look back over what's taken place over years. And uh, I'm sure um, Satan has his uh, rifle pointed at our families, Mm -hmm. his weapon pointed at our The crosshairs are right on us. And uh, he'll do everything he can to destroy them. And uh, uh, to him, um, there are no sweet little innocent children they're all targets that he wants to see destroyed in a way of attacking God but also in a way of attacking uh, moms and dads who love their children and want to see them come to know the Lord to be saved to be able to enjoy the blessings of God and also make it where we um, can be together throughout eternity Mm -hmm. so uh, I would I would in challenge parents. Now, and I'm gonna set myself up here as some example. If I had a dollar for every failure I made as a parent, I'd be a very wealthy man. Uh but your your family, your wife, your children ought to be top priority. And you ought to be the one they look to for leadership. They ought to see That you do what you say, and not just tell them do what I say, and then you don't do it. Mm -hmm. So even um, if there are some um, rough spots along the road, they'll come to know. Well, Daddy, Daddy believed what he said. Mama believed what she said. Mm
0: -hmm. And and they tried. Daddy were faithful.
1: And yes, Mom and Dad tried to be an example. And somebody said one time, I'd rather see a good sermon than hear one. Mm -hmm. That's what I hope we're doing with our children, that they're seeing uh, a good life live, not just hearing about one.
0: Well, Wouldn't you agree? We're talking about faithfulness, and you made a statement. You you said it two different ways, and I want to repeat it a third different way. You said that there have been some bumps in the road you said if you had a dollar for every failure as a parent you'd be a wealthy man i i want to say ditto to that Uh, we all look back and uh, mistakes that we made and thank god that he's faithful through our mistakes and you know you can have a faithful christian family a faithful christian home doesn't mean that you have a perfect home mm-hmm. doesn't mean that your no. children are perfect our children no. will never be perfect because they don't have perfect parents no. and we don't have a perfect environment and so a lot of times we think well if I can't have a perfect christian home what's the use of even trying listen what we need to do is be faithful and part of faithfulness brother Terry is not being perfect it's recovering when we fail yeah. being willing to say hey i'm i'm sorry apologizing for our failure not being proud, not being arrogant, not being controlling. You know, you said, you talked about spiritual leadership, yeah, uh, a faithful father, a faithful mother, we have to be provide spiritual leadership in our home, but that doesn't mean that we are controlling. It means that we are leading, we're setting the example, we're living what we are telling them that they need to do. We're giving them something to look up to and pattern themselves after, and even with all of that, It doesn't mean that everything's going to turn out perfect. Uh. But I'm glad, Brother Terry, that when all of this is said and done, the Lord's going to look at our faithfulness, not the results. We are way too enamored with results in this day and age. And what God's looking at is the process, not necessarily the product. Now, having said all of that, I think that a right process is going to have a better opportunity for the right product mm-hmm. process you can't disconnect the process and the product but we just have to recognize that the best process will not always produce the desired product and so uh when i think about faithfulness i think about uh, your mama sister dot folks uh, how your mama just turned 96 95 95. Uh, sister dot tv pod 95 years old she is faithful to our street ministry Folks, I have seen her, this has been a number of years ago, this has probably been 10 years ago, at our street ministry, standing on the corner, downtown Statesville, holding up a gospel sign, and I could just look at her feet and ankles, and she had gout, and they were just all swollen, and you could tell she was in pain, and uh, not comfortable, and yet she was faithful coming to street ministry. She used to stand on that corner every single Saturday. Didn't matter what the weather was, she'd bundle up. Even now at 95 years old, now she sits in a chair. We bring a little folding chair, and she sits there on the side of the road holding that gospel sign. Mm -hmm. I've seen her bundled up. Uh, I mean, uh, very bundled up because of the, the cool weather, but she still just keeps coming faithfully yes. uh, you talk about an inspiration sometimes i am down and out and i'm thinking what's the use i might as well quit and i'll go to street ministry and i'll see miss dot sitting there with that sign and i'll go how can i quit when she's being so faithful Amen. you have a great uh, heritage a great um, uh, a great example to live up to brother terry and i certainly appreciate uh, you and your family we've got a couple minutes left here uh, the broadcast. Any last thoughts before, um, before we wrap things up today?
1: Uh, well, um, I guess uh, just to kind of restate something I've already said, the devil's got his sights on anybody that's trying to live for the Lord. And he'll do everything he can to discourage. He'll do everything he can to turn us away from what God says and what God's asked us to do but I guess one of the key marks of faithfulness is that you just try to with God's help, stay in his will and do what he'd have you to do.
0: So much of it is recovering, you know? It's just, we 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 try, we fail, and then we have to recover. We get get back on track, we get right with the Lord, we say, God forgive me, God help me, and just recognizing the fact that every day of our life, every moment, We need God's help, and in spite of our humanity, in spite of our weakness, in spite of our failure, we can always say when it's all said and done, we have a very faithful God. Amen. He is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our service. Thank God for his faithfulness. Folks, we trust that you've been blessed by the broadcast today, and uh, we hope that you have a very Merry Christmas. We appreciate you taking the time to join us at Salt and Light. It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. He loves you and he died on the cross for your sins. He will give you hope, peace and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust him as your savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you you can call upon Him to save you this very moment. If you are a born-again Christian, we want to encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible and get involved serving the Lord. If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, visit our website at templebaptistnc.com click on the salt and light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. May the Lord bless you. We hope you'll join us again next week.